I V M. My guest today is a man of many colors. He's a business guru, a meditation master, and somebody who doles out advice every day on his social media. I know him for almost twenty years. We've been on TV shows, panels, and a whole host of things together. We've also been in the same business. However, we don't call ourselves competitors. Uh, my guest today is somebody more popularly known as Robin Hood. And another exciting thing about him is he doesn't wear his socks. And I think by now you know who I'm talking about. Uh, none other than Alok Kejriwal. Alok, welcome to my show. Thank you so much, Vishal. Such an honor. No, no, it's been a long time since we got to speak, and I think there's nothing time be better to have you here, especially after your blockbuster book. It's uh, making the charts everywhere. I've been seeing it with many people, including my son, who is a big fan. That's a great testimony. That if your son has it without you telling him to get it, then you know we're halfway there. So, so let me ask you the first question, which actually my son prompted me, and his question was that. After reading this book, uh, his whole thing was that you were most influenced by your grandparents, and uh, how was that? I mean, his point was how was your relationship with your grandparents, and how did that shape up to what you are today? So that's a very interesting observation, and he's absolutely right. Uh, you know, I've been very fortunate that I had my nana nani in my life from very early on. As I've joked in the book, you know, in the Marwadi family business of Marwadi families, like where I come from, people get married very early. I got Vishal. I got married at twenty-two. My oh. wife was nineteen. Wow! So you can imagine what would have happened earlier. So my grandparents were in their forties when I was born. Okay, they were very young. Very young. And uh, for some reason, you know, I'm writing in my second book. I actually try and delve on why I think I began to stay with them in the first place, because there's no logical reason. And I want to introduce this theme as we go along that there are many things that don't have a reason or don't have a why, but they happen. So just imagine my parents, you know, so well to do, everything fine, living at Nepensi Road. Yeah, you are like the sobo kid, and giving their only son and only grandson to their. To my mom's parents, who were also luckily right, you know, at Pedder Road, and me growing up with them. So to put the answer for your son, and we're so amazingly talking about so many children and sons and grandparents. Uh, I think it was divine intervention. These are things that happen to you for some karmic reason, and it was unbelievable, you know, to have grandparents who were not just grandparents but guardians, mentors, and you know, beyond what parents could be. and to me who i think back now actually spiritual partners no and i think it's it's very important that you're giving so much importance to your grandparents because in today's world where there are nuclear families people don't really get to see their grandparents and other people around the structure of the society is very different but you were living in this joint family system is that where you were from so i was very lucky it is only my grandparents and me so there's only the three of us so there was a flavor of them but no one else thank god for that and uh, you know we were like just they were parents just they just seemed to be a little older which i think today a lot of parents are the same age as my yeah. grandparents and it was phenomenal 
and and growing up in south bombay right there was this you know this was again i would say 80s and 90s of india where there was so much happening uh, and south bombay was like the indian capital of modernism and style and all of that so how were you balancing at one end your let me use the word your spiritual upbringing and the modernization which was going on so it's a very interesting question and you know i think one i must introduce the concept that whatever you wish for usually doesn't happen and what you don't wish for usually happens early on for life to teach you what to you know to be humble so Vishal, when I was growing up, I was very cocky, you know, South Bombay kid. Exactly, so, yeah. I used to laugh, keep boss passport, take her out. What the hell? I'll not go beyond. <laughs> and I was always a Chembur boy, you can imagine. I was a suburban kid. <laughs> so I used to always mock, well, very innocently, because we're not that, you know, we don't do it with mal intention. I used to innocently, you know, say, what the hell is all this man? Worli is where my life ends. And very early, when my entrepreneur journey began, everything I did for my first company contest to win was always after Worli. I used to laugh at you know girls from Delhi and say what is all this Delhi giri? I got married to a girl from Delhi. <laughs> so the thing is that life kind of completely flattened out, and uh, it just made me understand that these biases are weird. Having said that, I think there was a lot of inspiration from the world around me. I owe a lot to my school, Campion School, where I grew up. It was a Jesuit school, but it imbibed in me a lot of the principles that I live with even today. So all and, and Campion School has some of the most amazing, you know, alumni. Even now, I know a lot of people from that school. So, what was there in that particular school which kind of helped you? I think three things. One is geographically, there were only three or four schools that really had, you know, the gravity of all the established families coming together. So that was one location. The other was that because the Jesuit fathers were so obsessed by quality education. Yeah. My father and discipline and discipline. So it's so funny, you know. We could not. I still remember my principal, and I couldn't look him in the eye. We used to walk, walk, looking at the floor. And when you grow up with that culture of discipline, you know, it, it gets into your DNA. And uh, you never took up sports because Campion also had a very big sports culture, yes. and you know, like I know there were a lot of athletics and cricket and all that also happening. So I was a fat, lazy slob, you know, and <laughs> I would always get, you know, I was used to max my papers, but I used to get a nine or ten in PT, which was the worst grade. But a very funny life-defining moment happened to me in my ninth standard. I sat next to this guy, who has now become a very world-renowned uh, fashion designer. And he told me one day, he said, "Aren't you ashamed of yourself?" And I was like shocked. I said, "Why?" He says, "Because you know you look so pathetic, hanging on that pull-up, uh, you know, wall, like an animal. You know, you're just so helpless, and you just dangle your feet." And he made me look like I was so shockingly sad. <laughs> and then he drew me these five or six exercises on what I should do to become better. Finally, you know, uh, Vishali introduced me to Rocky's Eye of the Tiger. Ah. ah. And he that said, music that that, that music. became your theme song. Yeah, so I began running in the ninth standard, and I would run from my house at Pedder Road to Mahalakshmi, Breach Candy, and back. And my life changed. Not that I ever got into sports, but I became at least physically aware and physically fitter. And I could do eleven pull-ups by the end of the tenth standard, which wow. was a huge uh, kind of achievement for me. Wow! And you also then ended up in one of the South Bombay colleges. You know, again, you never stepped outside South Bombay. Right. So to be honest, that wasn't uh, you know. I must tell you the dark side of business families, and you know, I'm very blatant about it. 
especially in the old, uh, you know, Indian business families, there's always a culture of saying, keep the sons protected, keep them in control, <laughs> which means keep them in your eyesight. And I was always encouraged to do commerce, which is actually not my subject. I'm a science guy through and through. And Sydney was the most uh, prominent. Yeah, and it was a commerce college. It was tough to get in at that time. So I took it as a challenge to get in. So you were a science kid all your life. Yeah. That's what you thought. Completely. I was always a science kid. My best marks were in physics, chem, but, math. But you are so good at business and numbers and economics and, you know, all your posts talk about business. Right. I've never seen a single post about science. That's true. So what happened was for a long time in my life, for almost 10 or 12 years, I felt very uh, deprived that I've been deprived of an engineering education. I've been deprived of being a tech guy, even before tech came into our lives. Right? <laughs> and at that time, tech was engineering. Correct. Civil engineering and those were the things in fashion. Yeah. But it's the only time when I launched my first business, when I began to realize that, you know, you can buy certain things, you can get certain people, but the fundamental value creation comes from a deep, innate understanding of numbers and business. And luckily, I'd studied accounting for seven years by then. Wow. Because in our ICIC, we did ninth and 10th accounts and then five years in Sydney. So I feel that accounting education was one of the best gifts I gave and myself. I don't believe I'm, I was so terrible in accounting. I still don't know how to do like, I only know one thing, debit what comes in, credit what goes out. That's it. <laughs> That's fundamental. Right? <laughs> That's it. But I don't know. I can't read a balance sheet or any of this. Right. But you were like, you became a pro at all of that. Yeah. So while I was in college, I trained myself to read balance sheets. And I used to always watch, you know, Wall Street, the movie came out then. Uh -huh. So I was very enamored by that so-called Wall Street world. And, uh, you know, there were people that, you know, Carl Icahn and people that people do not have heard of today who yeah. are my heroes. Yeah. And I would say, let's deconstruct a balance sheet in 20 minutes and find out what's the wow. hidden agenda. Deconstruct a balance sheet. Yeah. And I did that for a long time. I mentioned in my book that I actually presented balance sheet reports to Jindal Iron and Steel without them asking me. <laughs> so saying, who's this 18-year-old kid who's looking at a balance sheet? So I found great pleasure in doing that. Wow, that's that, that's quite a hobby to have, right? I mean, when people are at 16, 17, you know, people have, you know, very different hobbies and your <laughs> hobby was to deconstruct balance sheets. Right. Well, this deconstructing balance sheet took you directly to your own family business. Okay. And, you know, that's what surprises me, right? I mean, you could have just done your family business and, you know, everything was set. I think your life was programmed, right? You have gone to the best school in right. South Bombay, the best college in South Bombay. And now you're going to take over the empire and keep multiplying that and you know life goes on happily ever after what made you leave your business so i had these funny incidences in my life where i think i've been like i'm a drag out you know i'm dragged out of my comfort zones something happens that drags me out i hope it doesn't happen again um i was very happy in my family business there's a lot of... And that was about socks. Socks, you know, socks, socks, socks. Actually, from where we... It could literally take your socks off. Absolutely, literally. From where we're sitting right now and doing this, it's about a half a mile to my factory. And 45,000 wow. square feet of real estate, South Bombay, churning out socks with machines. Nothing was wrong with the business. Nothing was wrong with my passion for it. And, and it was a sexy business at that time, being in textiles... Was a, I mean, this is, a, I'm just calling it a branch of textiles. Textiles was a big business. And it was profitable, right? Yeah. I mean, Reliance was made on textiles. Yeah, Vimal, only Vimal. Exactly. <laughs> so it was all hunky-dory, but as uh, most business families have to endure, you know, there's a lot of friction that happens between uncles, brothers, nephews. 
and it blew up in my life and it was something that i just couldn't handle i think age was on my side maybe ego was still not that established i couldn't understand the why and uh, i think that was my inspiration to go you know solo on my own without knowing what i'm doing also incidentally that was the time i was most regretting not being a tech guy oh, okay because you know when you want to do things on your own the first thing you want to do is learn how to do many things asap and so, you can't so do the it. hole in you was the hole of technology which you wanted to fill that's right and that was like look at something new which is tech related that's right okay so that's yeah because you know otherwise i i was not able to figure out that what prompted you because i know contesting was one thing but i think that was just an idea you just an idea i mean who cared i could have done you know anything it was just to latch on to something that was tech enabled i so when was the first time you used the internet this you is know? a very so i've described that you know it's a very very big moment in my life um, in the book i'll just quickly take you through that story there was a large computerized machine i imported from italy and i was the owner of that because i'd gone to italy to train on it for those who understand you know manufacturing this was cad cam ah, so early CAD, days of cad cam yeah early days of cad i knew pneumatics i knew everything there and uh, this machine broke down in the factory and there was nobody telling us what to do you know italy was italy did shut down <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the afternoon nobody replied my father became very wild he said dude this is a 25 lakh rupee machine you know you've blown up our money and i sub- luckily we just got internet a week ago So I looked this up. This is 1997. I this guess. is 97. 97. Yeah. 98. VSNL dial-up that's connection. That's a long shrieking sound of the yeah. modem. In the end, I looked up the problem, and there was a washer in the Siemens fan, suction fan, that seemed to be the problem. That's what the website of Siemens said. You might have a small, you know, washer problem. So Vishal, we got a washer from the local Parel market, and it cost yeah. two rupees. Yeah. And my machine started up again. and that day you know entirely new world open up to me which is knowledge at your fingertips and you can do anything you want mhm no no and i think that's really what about it so in 1997 you were already using cad cam and so you were you were already far ahead of your time but again being ahead of your time is very different than you know leaving all of this to start a business which nobody understands right do you remember what was the reaction of your family when you told them you're going to do this so this is a very uh, and, and you were already married at that time oh, right i had two children vishal oh you already had two children i had oh. two two girls So and it's like you know I use I mean if you are still single you can still do this but doing this after two girls and I know in Marwadi families you have to get them married I mean all those right. things are there right So it's harakiri right yeah. it's completely out of the question the first thing was my dad said dude understand this the day you walk out of this factory you'll never be able to come back again so that's even worse like is property se tumko nikal diya jayega not that bad but okay. you know you're only employable by your family because you don't have any other qualification so this yeah. is a call out to those who think family business is permanent employment it is not not yeah and then if you that's shutting down on you you could be on the road literally right i mean not literally hmm. but but um, for a very clear reason i i thought i had something going for me so the taj used to have a restaurant now also called shamiana and i told my family at that time sitting there my wife and my sisters hey you know what i'm going to do something and they kept giggling they were laughing at some stupid joke and i kept drawing their attention i said can you give me a minute please so they looked at me and i said very you know very in a very pompous way that i'm going to launch contest to in.com and the first person who began bursting out laughing was my wife and she it sounded so stupid and silly she just laughed and everybody laughed after them so i was so disappointed i said if that's the reaction of my family i don't know what's going to happen to me man but um my father said something very profound he said do whatever you think you want to do 
just remember all things start small so don't give up on it just because it takes a long time to cultivate it will be small no but i mean that's a very normally right you know these you don't hear these things from parents and think okay. they're like oh you know why are you doing this but right. your father kind of in a way encouraged you to do this because he was fed up of the frustration i was facing also so it had gone on to him right and it's very hard to see your children and, and yeah. was it like this ki yaar ek bar kar lete do ek bar ye kar lega to ye bhi bhoot nikal jayega then he will do business i mean that could also be another way of thinking about absolutely. it absolutely so it's a very old practice in marwari families give a son 3 4 lakh rupees then now it's 30 40 lakhs yeah. to say beta tu invest kar stock market mein you know he's going to burn it all <laughs> yeah, and then, so he becomes very humble yeah exactly so he tried like he said a sideline he'll you know completely wreck it and he'll come back crying I don't think this was the intention, but they did think it would go. Yeah, away. This is the formula. Let's put it that That's way. That's the formula, right? That's the formula, right? That yeah, give him some something to do, and uh, but yeah, I mean, in your case, you know, I also really like the the name. So contest to win, you know, this is again the first. literally the internet 1.0 of india a lot of companies were very simplified there was bawarchi.com there was indiagames.com uh, rediff was rediffusion ka rediff kar diya tha uh, india times was there but you were like contest to win so the name itself was was very unique was there a story behind picking this name I think it was very direct you know I kept thinking of saying look what can I tell people in a line I didn't have that positioning and all the brand jargon stuff that people talk about today but I had a vision that you know if all the world's contest can be here then it's a contest to win sight and I didn't to be honest to win came much later but I was thinking of contest world contest universe and then they just came together you know how it is many things just happen when they are supposed no, to no but happen. i think from a branding perspective you know i remember the hand That's right. you know it is you know the very iconic right. brand of that time on how you created and how you then used the two win so this was not thought that time it mm. just happened in the hindsight absolutely you know yeah and i remember we were just talking about it meeting you outside of sterling theater and this was right about the time when you were closing your funding with eventures that's think, right eventures exactly and you you had i think your daughter had just born and uh, i think i was raising money raise money i don't know kuch ho raha tha and you had mentioned that lakshmi i hai so and beautiful I, and i think that's really what happened yeah. right you had literally two lakshmis come in amazing uh, the money had come in as well as the whole idea of uh, contest to win had got the funding to kind of go ahead yep so you know once you started contest to win you did not have a technical background even then uh, you were came from a business background how did you build a whole team and how did you put this whole thing together because people even struggle for doing it today right with all these resources and all these networks and all these websites and job sites you were able to create an amazing team especially coming from a business side i mean i always came from a product and tech side right so i think it's a little easier to find business guys of course people will debate that now but in your case how did you do that how did you put your team together right so the principles right what worked for me in my earlier job at the factory and what works for me even today is the first is the intention vishal you know the intent of what you start to do and why you do if it's pure and if it's clearly you know not something that you're doing for a time gap stop gap moment it crystallizes itself into something meaningful bolte hai na irade nek ho to manzil aasan hoti hai superb well said to irade nek hone chahiye right so i was very clear and the second thing is expectation management both from people and yourself you know to manage yourself is a task 
So you would meet and we all meet even today opportunists, people who are not qualified and the desperation takes over. In spirituality, we call it feverishness. You know, when your feverishness takes over your mind, you make mistakes. So because of the business training I had, I always had PNL in my mind. PNL is the most wonderful acronym I've ever come across. And few others, but PNL is like sounds like temple bells to me. You know, so I would always judge by PNL, and that let the riffraff never never come into the company. I was only looking for money. Mm-hmm. And finally, when you do something interesting, you know, you were at India Games. Someone was just telling me today about your launch party. Just imagine the party you had at the Taj where you got kidnapped. kidnapped. <laughs> Now today, for all the days, we met someone who was pitching some PR activity, and they were telling me about your party. <laughs> yeah, that that's how crazy we did things, right? Right. So the point is that if you're if you're putting out something meaningful, it will attract so, people. So for people, just to give you a glimpse of what that thing was, <laughs> uh, since India Games had done all these games on India and Pakistan, and I had literally got threats from terrorist organizations uh, that time. So the idea of the press conference was that during the press conference there will be some terrorists who will <laughs> oh come God. and kidnap me at the Taj. I mean, of course, it sounds all crazy oh now, but way back in I think two thousand, that's how we had a launch of India Games with a press conference, and we had paid up these actors to become terrorists. So of course, <laughs> it sounds completely crazy, and don't do it again, especially in any five-star hotel. <laughs> So um, it began to get, you know, it, it's like uh, not to use a good analogy, but Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. You know, the most odd people come together. So it was a, it was like a jungle of weirdos coming together with their own skill and their own interest mm-hmm. to do something. The Vishal Gondal Show will be right back after this break. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another awesome week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please make sure that you do. We're IVM Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please, please do. With the upcoming election season just around the corner, in case you really wanted a deep dive into some of the issues that matter, you should check out some of the shows on our network. Shows like Ganatantra, The Scene and the Unseen, The Prakati Podcast, Pulia Bazi, and even How to Citizen look into some of the issues that really do matter. On The Scene and the Unseen, Amit Varma's guest is Milan Vaishnav, author and senior fellow at Carnegie. They talk about his book, When Crime Pays, and speculate about the upcoming Indian elections. On IVM Like, Abbas, Madhuri, Radhika, and Abhinit are in conversation about their pop culture consumption and unpopular stuff that they like. On the Sponge Podcast, Ambi Parmeshwaran talks about how an agency should build arguments and try harder to convey messages effectively. On Paperback, Satyajit and Richeta share bits of their interaction with Yuval Noah Harari and discuss his book 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. On Episode 6 of Ganatantra, Alok and Saryu talk to postdoctoral research fellow Dr. Diego Mairano. They discuss the political and social implications of Indira Gandhi's last term in office. On the second episode of the second season of Echoes of India, Anirudh talks about the emergence of languages during the Mauryan Empire. And with that, let's continue with your show. But you know, just to kind of put this, and again, it's there's, they will tell you, there's no one way to reach God. So while you were all about PNL, I was always about product. I do not understand PNL even today. My point was, if you're creating a great product, if people are going to love it, you're going to make money. So let us focus on that and everything else will Perfect. take care of itself. That has been my theory. That's great. And, and your yeah. theory is the opposite. Take care of the PNL and the product and everything else will take care of itself too. So, so let me rephrase it, right? The PNL remains sacrosanct. The point is that, you know, if you don't have PNL in your mind, the best products can never launch. 
the best products may launch but never seen the life light of yeah. day because they run out of money their inter- intellect yeah. exactly so you have to have some golden thread that ties it all together so, so pnl is the fuel and product is the engine that's right and of course you need a fast engine but you need fuel efficiency at the same exactly. time exactly and uh, uh, as long as you can balance fuel efficiency and speed of the engine i think that's when you get the perfect completely car, so. completely and just so that you know i make you know kind of indicate you know tell people who who listening what i really mean by that therefore because of the pnl discipline we were very very clear that this business has to make money which was unheard of in dot com times in 2000 when yeah. money was flowing in like rain from yeah. mumbai monsoon right yeah yeah and we kept saying we have to make money and the vcs would say what the hell are you talking about yeah. man we're giving you money to burn and you're saying make money yeah but 2001 that's the discipline that kept us alive so the story i have is on on that part that i have to thank reserve bank of india for saving us and the story is that we like you had also hired a, a senior head from pepsi to run our marketing and all right. of that and we had decided a whole campaign uh, and we were going to spend about a crore crore and wow. a half and tv commercial was already made we spent some 20 lakhs on making the tv commercial however at that time you needed rbi's approval to spend on advertising because right. these companies were all in hong kong and singapore so right. we had done a deal with mtv and whoever else and our application had gone to rbi and rbi rejected our application Amazing. and we were all angry but that money which we saved finally was like there for us in the you know which took us through the last few months of the company Amazing. had we spent that money it would have been game over so you know sometimes you know people always cry about all these regulations and all these things which slow you down but sometimes these things are the ones which really help you completely so they're all gifts that come to you unknown absolutely so so how was your experience with pepsi because again we both served pepsi at the same time so i got very lucky with pepsi you know i've talked about ranga in the in my book yeah, yeah and ranga is i now he's the golf pro man right. i mean he's also doing a lot of good stuff yeah yeah but uh, i just found in him which is actually a great pepsi you know kind of reflection of someone who was so exacting and driven and you know the things he would tell me even before he came on board he would go on the pepsi truck serving pepsi to all the panwalas yeah, 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 yeah. and he would tell me that they would treat him like a driver because they were wearing the same blue uniform mm-hmm. and his job was to make sure that the logo blue stripes blue stripes yeah. and the logo of pepsi remains forward facing so the consumer knows what that bottle is that attention to detail at the panwala distribution would inspire me and in tales like this would say this is the guy i want to learn from no but you already had business with you so why would you need another business guy i was because i think vishal the pnl that i came from or the business background i came from was a very retail trade you know hosiery manufacturing sadar bazar uh you know kalva devi mindset mm-hmm. so a multinational is not just about you know talking about marketing so you thought that he could go and sell it to other big brands i think i was looking for a culture change let me give you the greatest example of this so as a marwadi i would refuse to work for 5 days a week i said dude we have 7 7 days to theek hai maybe chalo 6 din to karna hi padega very first day peranga came he said something very astonishing He said, "Alok, let's take the list of the top Fortune 500 companies. You tell me which of them work six days, and I'll work six days. Now you need a mind like that to tell you that. Mm-hmm. So, amongst anything else, I said I need to import a brand 
that I work for rather than will never be able to achieve. So if I want to serve the Pepsis of the world, I might as well one guy sitting inside my company. No, no, and that's a that's a perfect way of thinking about it, right? That, uh, you know, in your case, you while your whole idea was voluntary. In my case, the funny thing was uh, my investors and we had Praveen Bhai, who, the great Praveen Gandhi, and all these people on my board, and they were like, "Vishal, I was twenty two or twenty three. They're like, you know, you are a good techie. Mm. What you need is grey hair." What you need is somebody who can be representing you in business. So the whole idea of hiring guys in my team, the so-called business guys, was because the investors thought that Vishal cannot do this. He's a product guy. Let him make the product and let somebody else do the business. So that was really the whole rationale in my case. Yeah, and I and it's justifiably so. Yeah. I mean, in all goodness, uh, like you said, you know about the RBI. Sometimes investors do things to us which we cringe and crib about. But in long foresight, they have their reasons, right? Exactly. And again, exactly. it's the PNL discipline, Vishal. I am a PNL guy. Yeah. I have got my money given to this guy. Who and were you also the legal guy? You also did contracts yeah. and stuff. On yeah, yeah, absolutely. So wow. I like that. I'm. I am a legally, you know, legal eye trained guy. So I know SHA, SHO. I know SSA. Uh, very so early. I had even now. I'm. I'm really bad at all these right. things. So the funny thing in my case is that. I had never even heard of these things. So the first time I got a term sheet, I was like, "Ye kya hai?" You know, and so sweet. <laughs> how you know the funny thing is that I was I had gone to the bowling company that time. There was this place, yeah, bowling, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I met a f- college senior of mine doing bowling, and I told him, "What do you do?" And he said, "I'm a lawyer." And I said, "You're hired." <laughs> it's a different thing that this guy is now one of the top legal minds in India. His name is Soma Shekhar. Of course, he yes. was with JS Law. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. And so yeah. Soma. And I was literally among his first cases. Amazing. So he represented me in my, you know, with investors and all of that. But that was the best thing which could happen to me right. because a random visit to the bowling alley got me a lawyer. Right. At least in your case, uh, you were yourself the legal mind. I had some inkling of what I was signing. But let me tell you this, Vishal. We were the first, amongst the first in the country, to even get those documents. Wow. What is standard called SHA and SSA today? Yeah. No one had ever done. Absolutely, you know, the, the, we were almost the first cohort together, right? Exactly. I mean, we are the we are the ones who have survived. Dot com one, <laughs> dot com two, and now mobile com, and now geo world. I don't know. There are so many generations of this. Correct. But it was fascinating, right? This the early days of internet, uh, all the excitement going on. But in your case, you not only raised money for contests to win. You then went on raising money for multiple companies. You had games to win. You had uh, media to win, and I don't know how many to win companies you created. So, what was the idea behind that? So, uh, there was a very simple balance sheet ideology that uh, when you get acquired, you get acquired for a service or a product or a offering. You don't get acquired like you know Hyundai or Daewoo. They have multiple business lines and they do what they do in their own way. My idea was that if I have a services business, which is not a product platform business or something else, then the acquirer and even the financer of that will be different. Mm-hmm. And this has been the case with most business groups in India. Some are now infamous, some are famous. Yep. But if you look at Reliance, if you look at a lot of these other guys. They've raised my money multiple times in different businesses because it appeals to different people. So, uh, you know, beauty lies in the eye of the, sh- of the beholder. That was a rash. That was a thinking at that time. 
And the other big reason was, and I did that successfully in two cases, when you separate out businesses, even at the management level, you can give far deeper ownership and you can almost make it autonomous. So in my two mobile twins in China and in India, neither was I managing those businesses, neither was I financing them and they were all run by independent people. And you were just a shareholder in those businesses. I was just a shareholder. So you couldn't do that in your parent company because then, you know, you have so many business lines to do. No, but again, my point is people can't do that even today. You know, people are struggling and we know cases of what's happening with our friends at Ola and Flipkart and Snapdeal and so many issues with investors. You are like a pro at managing investors, right? Because I used to always admire this quality of yours because my point is, listen, I can't deal with so many investors. I have one company, isi ko badayenge aur isi ko karenge. But you literally created an empire very early on in the dot-com days. Not many people were able to do it. So I think I got lucky. I also got, uh, you know, people on my side who understood the value of what we were doing. Uh, we had SoftBank who was a very early yeah, investor. this is the early investor. And, you know, if you have quality investors like them, then they support you. They guide you. Yeah. You know, they did a JV with us, not in the parent company, but a new company. Exactly. So in the investors leading, then, you know, you can yeah. follow suit. Yeah. But I think the, the big setback to you was, and I remember you telling me that your VC had gone bankrupt, e-ventures. It's, I think that kind of created a huge problem. It was a very funny situation, actually. You know, I used to keep calling e-ventures like a good boy is to keep calling my owners every Monday and I called up this same office I'd called up for many many months and it, nobody picked up and then finally when I kept calling a watchman picked up and he spoke in Hindi and I was shocked I thought number <laughs> badli ho gaya, you know so I said bhaiya kaha hai sab log he said sir company band ho gai. wow now I was I keep joking about that you know most dot coms failed but here the VC failed uh, so the good news is that they had given us the money and then they failed the bad news that mentors had vanished. Mm-hmm. At that time, you needed mentors more than anything else. But I think, Vishal, it all happens with a reason, right? I mean, if, it, if they went away and we were on our own, a source of supply of money went away. Mm-hmm. You know, ICICI was my other VC and of course, they had also given up on .com. So in the end, we were in a very hard place, not even in a rocky place. And you know, the world is so small. So you know who's on my board now? It is Bala and Ruchir. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. I'm so, am- so they are exactly the same people who were or there. was one of the teams working. Bala was absolutely my board member. Okay. So the point is that that time it was uh, seemed very sad and very unfortunate. But in retrospect, it seems like the best thing that have happened because the interference went away. You know how much interference VCs can do. Absolutely. The money obviously was there till we had raised it, but it, the new supply went away. And the only thing you could do, therefore, was make money to survive. No, and I think, you know, your PNL approach is really the holy grail, right? Because had you not had the PNL approach, we know the money went dry for several years, right? The whole VC, I mean, today we are talking of a different era, but I would say 2003 to 2010, you know, 14, up yeah, to 14, up to 2014. Yeah, you can even extend it. Almost that 10 year period was very bad for startups. Correct. In general. Yes. It's only now after the whole flip. I mean, it started with the flip card upswing with Tiger. Sure. I think that could be a milestone. Before that, it was like flip right. card cone. But I still don't agree with the long term longevity of the balance sheet model versus the PNL model. And Games Twin, I'm happy to share with you, is now very, very profitable. And we're not vast. We're not gambling. We're not rummy. We will, inshallah, list. 2023 that's the plan because you make real money and you make real profit but the point I'm making is not about games to win which are long term if you look at 50 years of capitalism in the US 
hundred years of capitalism in the world, nowhere has have markets rewarded losses. Absolutely, absolutely. nowhere. So you can be blips on a long. You know, it's like the BSE. People say, "I mean, I bought, I made, but 1981 is when." Can you guess when the what the BSE was in 1981? 500 or take one more guess yeah. for me. It's 30,000 today. Let's say. Yeah. Take one more guess. Maybe 800, 500 to 800. Yeah. It was 100. 100. Wow. The BSE started in in 1981. Wow. And it's 30,000 today. Wow. So you have a 14% IRR compounded because of what they have done. No business there is a loss making business. So I think when you stretch time. The loss makers will always have to pay a heavy price. No, and I think in your case with games to win, now you have such a huge long tail of content, which is giving you money which you have made, you know, years back. And every even if they give you hundred dollars a month, you know, that's all bottom line. I'm so amazed. I'll call you for my investor meeting because nowhere has anybody articulated it so well. No, no, I mean, I know this model, right? We exactly. used to do this. <laughs> exactly. And we uh, used to do this all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And it just manifested in the uh, Android and iTunes world. And I keep trying to tell people that if you can allow me to talk for a minute, yeah. that the business model, again, PNL, is where it where you think through it, right? So people who I meet and you meet for sure says, sir, I'm going to be the next PUBG, make the next Angry Birds. What is, in my mind, sorry to be honest, yeah, sure, I'll do it. We know the rate of success. Yeah. And um, one last point on PNL, which really shocked me, changed my mind completely, or rather cemented my approach. In Mobile to Win, we had done a game on Shole, and I'd met Ro- uh, you know one of the Sippies. Rohan Sippi, yeah. Rohan, no, 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 sorry, Shasha Sippi. I met GP Sippi, I okay, think. GP Sippi, so Shasha Sippi is also. Shasha was the yeah. nephew, and uh, Ramesh Sippi actually I met, yeah. who was the founding father, by chance. And I just ventured a question to him. I said, uh, sir, how did you make Shole? And I was thinking I'm going to get a very profound answer. And he said, mujhe pata hota main saur bana leta. <laughs> That day, I figured out that the PNL is never accidental. It is always planned. Yep. So you start by saying, I'll make enough games to keep my fires burning. If in that something uchlos to the top, we're happy. No, no, absolutely. Right. So it is a portfolio business. If you look at any entertainment business, Disney, why is it successful? Because it is now out of one Marvel franchise of Spider-Man created 30 other franchises which never existed. So the bottom line is that it is a business of uh, portfolio. It is a business where you will always get one or two hits, but the balance is what gets you the revenue. Perfect. So, Perfect. so it's always been there. People always think that you need to make a hit. And I think the other big problem with investors is that they have all gone to this gambling business models oh, of Rummy and uh, all these card plays and player oh, gosh. buy. Gosh. And they're all going to get burned badly. I um, mean, without taking names, Vishal, just to share, because I want to keep, you know, throw this out to me and as many people as I can. So I got approached by a guy recently in a fintech conference and he said, Alok, I have something very urgent to talk to you about. So I said, sure, man. Hmm. He said, for your Rummy game, I have now got a package solution. So I said, hey, let me put these two away. I don't have a Rummy game, <laughs> but I want to know about your solution because this guy is a big five. He's one of those yeah. Ernst, ENY, Bain types. So I said, solution to bata, yaar. Hmm. Rummy to baad mein karenge. He said, I can now predict what percentage and who in your game will commit suicide. Wow. And for rather than you getting alert about them by threats, we will isolate them for you so that you can stop making them play the game. And my prediction is that 
it is just a matter of time the government will have to ban these games because there will be a huge social unrest there will be suicide people going bankrupt it's and, unbelievable yeah, it's, it's right in front of us yeah. so you know it's a lazy way to try and make some quick bucks yeah. it's yeah. like boot bootlegging you know exactly. doesn't work exactly and uh, anyway so while these business models do survive and i'm sure they'll get their investors putting money in them i think what really interests me is that you are again the cat with seven lives and not only that you've also made the the journey to china which is a tough journey and you don't seem to be a big fan of it yeah i'm not i mean after having made money there and having made my first exit there i was just appalled by things that i saw that were not part of my karma uh, maybe that's a different world maybe there's a different destiny there and and what are your thoughts of all these chinese apps suddenly becoming big in india there is tiktok and even news apps are launching some news dog and news cat i don't know there are like suddenly the indian app store is do- and consumer apps for the first time ever is being dominated by chinese apps so if you look at the tiktok app you know very clearly when you see the content you know what the content is yep. um and you know sleaze is always attractive but sleaze always gets regulated and sleaze, down and, and it doesn't remain long term if you want to do sleaze and do sleaze like sleaze let's not do it like a regular app yeah don't call it social media exactly so i think this undercover i got it in china because the government is in cohorts with me you know only it's so who netties and sizak sina can launch stuff i can't launch an mmog without someone yeah. shanda telling me what yeah, to do exactly that doesn't work here so i i remember on that note that you had got this car game yes. from korea right. and i had told you also remember you spoke, you spoke to me about so it so let's spin this around yeah. actually i got an investor who said i want to put 5 6 million dollars in you to do a mmorpg yeah. the only guy i knew who could i talk to was vishal gondal so i called <laughs> up vishal gondal almost knowing what you're going to tell me <laughs> okay so this is very interesting we'll we'll, we'll yeah. articulate it so vishal gondal the product tech guy <laughs> said bhai mat kar it's a com- your words are a complete waste of time and money these things don't work so the product tech guy told me absolutely no then the marwadi banya pnl guy came in my mind and you won't believe what i connived and i'm proudly saying this because everybody is yeah. happy i said this guy is giving me 6 million bucks right let's allocate 600000 to the experiment and 5.4 air apne bank mein rakhte exactly and that's what we did so in the first board meeting of games to win they said house business and i said business is very good because we don't have a business <laughs> it's over only loss of 600000 dollars <laughs> i have saved 5.4 million so these guys were so exasperated they said well then do whatever you want and there was a license to do whatever else we wanted to do so that's the amazing way of thinking about that's the business guy thinking right the product guy would have said don't take their money these guys are going to come and Correct. kill you so there's a saying in marwadi that lakshmi ko kabhi thukrana nahi chahiye yeah, take her in man take her I know I have to learn all this from you, man. I mean, uh, also, I mean, while you were running all these companies, you also had these amazing team members who were like, I mean, each one of them have now done so many big companies and big products on their own. How do you attract these people to join you? So I meet people as we meet them along, Vishal. We've all met very interesting people along the way. You have some stars now on your team, mm-hmm. and. Uh, very often i feel and i've written this in my book that you know never feel shy or ashamed or guilty or even petrified of approaching someone to be a partner rajiv hiranandani used to sit with me in i would call him my sofa partner you know used to sit in sofas outside offices mm-hmm. and i would see him in a reflection of me he said this is my this is me man i mean he's sitting with me pitching to one one guy and shaw wall is begging for 1 lakh rupees mm-hmm. 
So we told him to get come on board and so and so forth. So I think we all meet them. Very few of us identify them as partners. We leave them there saying that he's a client or he's a great, great guy, but we never think him as part of us. So you'd built, you know, contests to win, games to win. You did this whole Chinese experiment and then you ended up having this big fight or whatever with your VC. And you are possibly among the few people who have publicly spoken about the problems VC can create because normally people always think that VC is like this good guy who gives you money and then <laughs> makes you a millionaire. That's the normal image. Not many people talk about the dark side of investors. So in a nutshell, what would you tell people to be careful about? Because you already know the good parts of VCs. What are the not so good parts and how can they be careful about? So the three other forms of VC, you know, vapor capital, vampire capital and vulture capital. Okay. So very simple, right? Vapor capital is the kind of guy who never has more money than what he gave you. And you don't want them because they're only going to ask for more, ask questions and never give you more. Typically, a lot of people we know have got fussed with them in on these construction guys, jute guys. You know, I used to go to these Bombay meetups of some people. One guy ka koi plastic ka dhanda hai, wo balti banata hai, usko one crore dalna hai. This is vapor capital. It will yep. be problems. Yeah. But they're still okay. Vulture and vampire is, you know, vulture is the kind of guy who just wants to flip you because he believes that his, you know, he's now not in India. So mm. that means everything in India should be sold. His theme has moved, you know, no man, no games are not a cool theme. So you're like a disposable soft toy that got picked up in the mall and has to be thrown away. Mm -hmm. You're very careful of them. You can make out from their past deeds what they have. The real problem is the vampire guy who takes it personally. Okay. A lot of people don't know how to handle an investor because it becomes an ego thing. Okay. And when they fight you on a personal level, then money doesn't matter. It's their ego against anything else. And, right? you know, the capitalist always has higher ego because he's the capitalist. This has happened in the world from the day one. So you must understand humility when it comes to capital. And it's not you. It's the supply of capital versus the recipient. No, no, but it was you, Alok, who could fight these guys, right? How does an average Joe who's raised money for his first startup, how can they deal with these people? So I think they have to be aware of the lineage of money. Today, like they do so many tests and, you know, kind of checks and balances on us. I think many people do more checks and balances on hiring a manager than they do on the VC. No, but the view, the view is that, listen, here I wanted money and these were the only guys willing to give me the money. It's not like there are 10 people. Which is not money. bad either, right, Vishal. I think half money taken is 90%. Lakshmi is other. coming to their point. Is, yeah, let's take this. Then I think adapt. See, no one in their right mind gives you money to lose. So fundamentally, you're both on the same side of the ship. <laughs> it's only when the entrepreneur does weird things that the VC begins to get worried. <laughs> and I think there are seven things that an entrepreneur should not do, which will anyway annoy any investor. So if you're ingrained with that, a lot of, I think a lot of young entrepreneurs become cowboys. You know, the guy from housing.com, yeah. he's a great example. Yeah. I mean, he was not only a cowboy, he was a you know, crazy cowboy. Yeah, so then you kind of uh, are taking, you know, Abel Mujhe Maar you're doing, which is not interesting. Yeah, I mean, there is a thin line of difference between, you know, having a healthy debate or healthy discussion with your investor and uh, being destructive to the company. I think that was clearly a... Completely. And uh, we know the rules and anybody logical, I mean, if you've got so far ahead as to attract capital... 
then you're the only guy who will destroy yeah. but you know, there is this other saying ki bolte hai na nadi mein reh ke magarmat se bair mat karo and you went on record you have written blog posts even in your book you have mentioned about vcs like norwest who are right now big name vcs in the world forget india correct has that in any way impacted your relationship with other vcs do they look at this skeptically not skeptically not at all because what is been presented and what is is factual and what i have done in the period of time has presented the view and my view and they were right in their point of view and i was right in my point of view so if they are getting it's, it's so vishal when i am a small entrepreneur with small bets here and there look at the mindtree lnt example hmm. look at the walmart bansal example look at all the things that we see all around us i mean if the siddhartha guy can throw his shares away and walk off because he gets better money then what's the problem so the capital will never have loyalty other than the highest bidder and as the sooner people understand it is the better so i can be emotional but that's fine no but you've been always very very clear about you know your thought process around how investors are being managed yes so how are you managing them differently in games to win compared to before what so, is the difference so one was selection i very clearly selected those who i could live with for 15 20 years i mean we live with our wives hopefully till we die but investors are almost wives and spouses and the second thing is very clearly and early establish the ground rules a lot of entrepreneurs are scared i'll give you one great example vishal esops esops is always touchy because you know it's it's dilution hmm. and vc is always worried that this guy is going to take my cap table and you know throw it Diluted, around yeah. now the point is boss but that's what you built your company for right you've not built it for yourself so when you tell your vc is very early on this is my philosophy on esops and what do you have to say like we give away our shares for 0 rupees we don't charge anything there's a lot of discussion there's a lot of heat there's a lot of argument you hear them out but slowly and steadily you make yourself understood this guy stands for these principles uh, cash gambling games i told my vcs long back i will not touch gambling i will not touch anything that harms people mm-hmm. and they were like why because you know everybody is doing it and you're ruining your own you know cash flow but to me it's my principle and then you fight it out on the basis of a fact versus emotion so also in your life while you have hired many people you've also fired a lot of people how has that gone by and do you have any tips on firing people because a lot of times i see people don't take that action soon enough and always wait and wait and wait and things only go bad yeah same with me vishal i have never been i mean it's getting harder and harder to let so the older the person is the harder it becomes to let go and a point comes in your mind where you know this guy or girl is absolutely not creating value worst of all they're not creating value for themselves you might have a cash flow that can pay them their salary for the next 5 years but look at what's happening to them after 5 years so it's a very ruthless kind of mind but when you go above that and say i'm actually helping him rather than myself severe the relationship you feel better having said that i think for the newer recruits 3 months or at the most 6 months is what you should give yourself as a window and be very brutal about it i think this whole concept of long term employment is now question mark to long term you know ability and in this age and time everybody doesn't have the ability to be as efficient for years together also there's this whole debate of you know is running a startup from india this angel tax this 
hajar problems are there trying to run a company in india you've been doing this again from 1997 have you encountered a lot of these challenges how have you dealt with it's them? a horror story vishal horror story you know five two three years ago we had a guy who came it was very interesting and he said that you know i'm your service tax inspector sales tax inspector i don't know who the hell he was so we laughed and we said so i think you've come to the wrong company because we don't have sales tax so this guy said yeah i know that but i'm going to sit in your office till you get till you give me a bribe to get out mm-hmm. and a smelly fat guy who never left the office so when you have problems like that you have to figure out what we call you know how difficult is it to do business in india with this perspective was it how difficult is it to do something else in some other country mm-hmm. and i think we're very blessed boss at the end of the day angel tax and this tax and some corruption is fine you don't have a government like china who says you can't log into facebook <laughs> yeah you don't have you know we were talking to a russian developer of ours and there was a very large sound going on in the background so my partner asked him ki i can't hear you what's the sound abhi bombay mein kya hoga wo ganpati bajega to you know taxi ka ladai hoga he said oh those are the tanks of you know those enemies rolling by <laughs> so we don't have that so i think all in all phenomenal opportunity and country hire the accountants and let them do their job yeah. so somebody asked me the same thing and i said listen angel tax is not the problem the problem is you don't have the right advisors exactly. who can help you deal with this exactly if you are trying to do this on your own and then things go wrong you can't blame blame anybody exactly and the oldest adage in this is that the harder it is the tougher it is for other people to replicate what you do so be happy that you've got through <laughs> and now other people are struggling absolutely you know suddenly i think people so that's what has happened right because of platforms like twitter people are just you know <laughs> frustrated and they are tweeting and not working to solve these problems i think that's really uh, part of the challenge yeah i think it's what you said now everything is not diy yeah you have to understand that in layered economies like ours you have to do stuff which takes time and there are consultants for that so exactly. why take that headache yeah, on yourself hire the right people and you know that will take care of itself the vishal gondal show will be right back after this break Hi my name is Anupam Gupta I'm B50 on Twitter I am the host of Paisa Paisa the show that talks money on my show I speak to experts from every field of money and finance from stock markets equities debt funds credit cards life insurance every possible area of money and finance that you can think of we even did an episode on cryptocurrency i've got fantastic guests from mutual funds to personal finance experts everywhere robo advisory startups just name it we've got it at paisa paisa we help you make smart decisions about money you work hard for money now make your money work hard for you new episodes out every monday and you can listen to my show on the ivm podcast app or any other podcasting app that you have paisa paisa is brought to you by paytm money also you are again you know again i am one of those people who have set up a company in mumbai you know suddenly investor tell me are why are you in mumbai yeah. you should be in bangalore <laughs> you know there is no talent and this whole notion that uh, you either need to have your company in bangalore or you're not a legitimate company H- have you dealt with that you know it's a very silly argument vishal uh, i've dealt with it in a mild way i haven't had that retort thrown to me i've not raised money for a long time so we don't have to worry about these questions the greatest companies in the world have been built in all the far off locations you know you won't build starbucks from seattle and nike from oregon without it being a shoe or track you know center or you know stuff like that so i think these are all false fake 
uh, excuses for not understanding what is being made the where because, because a lot of startups are coming to me and saying oh we are thinking to move to bangalore i said why because i can't find tech people yeah. here i said listen if you can't find tech people here there is no chance you can find them in bangalore either because Correct. there there is amazon and other companies who will hire them so the principle of pnl all these guys are not understanding the why they are understanding or grappling with the where the why you can't find people in bombay is because your com structure needs to be tweaked to bob probably you know motivate that guy but then no one will poach him you'll have to do the same thing in bangalore but he'll get poached every minute exactly so exactly. they don't think through the problem right exactly. it's like oh we're in the wrong place exactly so that's what it is right now people are we are in the wrong place we are in the wrong business <laughs> i'm trying to find a co-founder yeah, this is amazing yeah. you know i just said listen you can't find a co-founder yeah. it is not a job post which you can do <laughs> and but you have been able to constantly find co-founders so is there a place what has been your strategy to find these people because they are all not in south bombay right these are people from all over this the world is all grace vishal is all god and guru yeah i mean honestly you god and guru came much later right i'm talking of before all that's of that. true i think just meeting people who you feel are like minded we could have been co-founders right mm. perfect yin and yang absolutely tech guy business guy yep. you love finesse and perfection i love balance sheet and profit <laughs> and loss you never know maybe we should do it later so no think of this right this is exactly how it works we know each other we know we, we have the same values that's how people get together so this happens unfortunately because we don't see it happening often in india we think it's something magical you know and you know the funny thing was people always somehow thought that we both are enemies and we don't like each other i said no i don't know why people think that so in india people have this notion that if people are in the same business they should hate each other yeah. <laughs> and i'm like dude First of all yeah we are in the same business but gaming is not like people are playing one game and then they don't play any other game in the world and just because in the same business we are we don't need to hate each other so this is the whole problem of the the system here right Correct. people are like if you are with flipkart flipkart won't like amazon and paytm and all these people hate each other and uh, so what are your thoughts around that So I think it's a lot of the media we consume. This is all from Bollywood that you know you've seen industrialists fight with each other and hate each other and burn each other's factories. It's a figment of I, imagination. I remember the statements once made by Snapdeal against Flipkart on yeah. you know all those things. It, it kind of sounded ridiculous, ugly. Uh, I think only the weak talk like that. But having said that, I think we all know that the industry should be tighter. Yeah. I mean, there's not enough sharing. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that there is again. I don't want to use that word, but there is no the Bombay Club equivalent for startups. Correct. You know, uh, while every other industry has been able to come together to work towards it, especially in the tech world, that has not happened. That's true, and I think we're too busy building our own businesses. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs have not got any, you know, deep meaningful exits. So there's always this deep. unfortunately you know i won't say inferiority but feeling of non fulfillment no, but there have been i mean you know make my trip rediff okay. nokri i mean there have been enough and more cases where you know a uh, lot of money has been made of course but then i'm talking about you know far more than what you can count on your finger right a lot more people have been forget having started up something and sold it there are so many people who have come back from the us so many people who have done professional stuff why don't they share mm-hmm. their companies don't forbid them from sharing best experiences but, but i think you did possibly again one of the most amazing things and this again i think if i remember happened uh, what 
late 2007-8 is Rodin Hood's you know like putting together I mean so the funny part was there was NASCOM doing things and there was Thai doing things and here you were as an individual doing Rodin Hood so how did that crazy idea come about and so, how then what is the secret behind Rodin Hood's name so I was in this uh, meditation class and I told my teacher that I didn't get a kick you know I'm not getting a kick I'm not getting a high anymore and she said something very profound to me she said your cup is full empty your cup and I didn't understand anything so she said I said explain it she said because you've got everything you wanted there's no thirst so empty yourself and then you will get more so the only thing I figured out what I could give was knowledge of what I'd done so I began to blog and it started as a blog called rodinhood.com it was very factual and very precise and very naked uh, I wrote a SHA SSA document which lawyers called me and said that's 11 lakhs of consultancy that you've just given away for free <laughs> free yeah so eventually what happened was it looked very singular to me, like a not a not plural. So I made it rod in hoods. And thankfully, Vishal, at that time there weren't too many of these, you know, news portals and now, you know, by the dozen reporters who do everything on startups. We were the first to say by the entrepreneur for the entrepreneur. And then people used to come and pitch ideas and you had these events. It's amazing. So we started that off and I'm very happy to know that, you know, your stories and inks and all came much later and they did a fabulous job. So basically they institutionalized what was simply a thought. Mm-hmm. And they said, and, and uh, I remember there was this time when your posts were about single malt whiskeys and yeah. then suddenly... They became about you giving people out uh, autobiography of a yogi. Yeah. So what happened? What happened to those single malt whiskies? And how did those whiskies convert into these books? It's amazing. That's a goosebumpy moment for me. You <laughs> defined it so well. So, we, you know, I think in all our lives, we have some deeply... So, so which was your favorite whiskey, by the way? So I used to have Balvinay, I used to have, uh, you know, Valentine yeah, 21. And, and I remember those posts where people were like going crazy on your <laughs> <laughs> on your single malts. Oh God, don't remind me. But uh, there was this moment in my life where, um, you know, I think spirituality finally sunk in. And there was a visit to the cave. We go to this cave, my wife and I, in the Himalayas, which had a big impact. No, but was this, you used to go there before or you just started now? Or? To be very honestly, uh, to be honest, Vishali, never did, I started drinking when I was 32. Okay. So I was very old and we have a common friend between us, Jay Zaveri, who mm-hmm. used to do club greetings. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the guy who took me to a pub in, in London and said, you know, here's your first drink. So I wasn't like an 18-year-old guy who drank beer and rum and coke. And, and he was with Social Capital and now what he's doing something else, right? He's moved out of Social Capital. Uh, I'm not sure. I thought he was still with Social Capital. No, social Capital had some falling Internal out. Problems, yeah. right. Mm. So uh, I was a very late drinker. The funny thing was my dad became very excited that I was drinking. So he encouraged me to drink all these malls. But I was always resenting it and your dad used to drink them I presume oh yeah he'll drink yeah. so when I quit drinking the first guy I called was my dad and said dad I got all this beautiful product and he said send it right over man <laughs> but having said that uh, no I think we my wife and I were always spiritual and as we kept going deeper and deeper on the path a lot of things vanished and especially the alcohol and I'm writing my second book in which I share only my miracles, spiritual miracles. And this part of the alcohol going away is a phenomenal story, which I hope... I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Your family, right? 
I mean, your great grandfather was the inventor of the Kejriwal, the famous eggs Kejriwal, yeah. right? And by guys, I know there are many restaurants which serve it, but in Mumbai, one of the best place to have it is Bombay Canteen. Bombay Canteen has done a very very good version of it. Well, lovely, okay. So, you, have you been to Bombay Canteen yet? I've not. I've not been to Bombay Canteen. I don't eat eggs. I never eat eggs. Oh, you never eat eggs. I never eat eggs. Even I now, even oh, absolutely not. I mean, no eggs at all. Wow. So, I'm a Kejriwal who doesn't eat eggs. Kejriwal. Wow. That's amazing. So, so then why whiskey and no eggs? What? What? I don't know. I think it was just that. In, it was just the influence of a very close friend, and then the fact. And, and, that, and was it because of you being a Marwadi, or is it just because you didn't like eggs, or what happened? Yeah, I don't. Never got exposed to eggs. We never ate eggs in our house. We never had like non-vegetarian. You know, there's nothing like that, right? So you get exposed to what you get as a child. Okay. And then if you're in dorms and colleges, then you do. You know my background. Mm-hmm. We talked about how I was brought up. Yeah. So the alcohol just happened because of Jay and a few other people. And then I, I, I think I have a my one of my weakest, my weakness is that I am an addictive kind of guy. So I, be, I became a wine drinker. And then I did three levels of sommelier training because I learned how to pair wine with food. Wow. And it became so deep in the knowledge of wine. I could do blind readings with red and white. You know, I could tell you soil and not year, but definitely the grape. Wow. So having said that, the as we started going deeper and deeper into the spiritual path, the alcohol would conflict with my day-to-day living. I would get headaches. I would get you know, amnesia. And I could see it was rebelling in my system. And then it just went away. But why is the spiritual path, right? I mean, you. Were, I mean, normally in India, the impression is that once you are 60, 70s, when you worry about all these things, right? I mean, you are still peak in your business, you're doing well. This is not the time to take up spirituality. And which is right. In the scriptures, 0 to 25 is when you study. 25 to 50 is when you become grahasth. Fully ashram, yeah. Grahasth, yeah. And then 50 to 75 is when you wean off. Mm-hmm. And 75 is when you become a recluse. That's a standard prescription in the Puranas. That's what most Hindus have to do. (laughs) But I think spirituality is not a timetable. You don't decide when to board that that flight. Um, I feel it's very karmic. I think it's very, very deeply inherited. And now full circle, my grandparents who I lived with, I think I chose them and they chose me because of the spiritual inclination, not for any other reason. (laughs) So a lot of that came into my life as I began to get older, as we went through our love successes and misses, and then the why began to haunt. No, but you know, as it said, the monk who sold his Ferrari was made because you first had to get your Ferrari. So you got all the money. You got you sold. You know, the whole China episode happened, and now you had all the money. You said, "What do I do?" So then you took up. No, no, not at all. You know, the greed and the desire to make money has only got bigger and bigger. <laughs> okay, so nahi hai that. Suddenly, it's, because you have taken up spirituality, you are like, I don't want to make so it's money. It's very funny, Vishal. I bought a Mercedes some time back and I sent a mail to the CEO of India saying, I'm the monk who bought a Mercedes. So can I get a discount? And he actually gave me a discount just because of that line. Okay. I said, if I'll, I'll blog sitting on it in a meditative posture saying, monks buy his Mercedes and don't sell it. But having said that, I think, uh, I don't think you can time it. It's like your health fetish mm-hmm. or your health fitness, you know, when I met you, you're a roly-poly guy. You hmm. were eating all that stuff. What happened, I don't know. But something happened. So we all have epiphanies in our lives. We have turning points in our lives. And in my case, it was very gradual. It crept up on me. Again, you know, by God's grace, my life partner, Chavi, my wife. 
I have no clue where she came from, man. I mean, a Delhi girl. I was never supposed to marry some arranged marriage from Delhi, and now, so you know, lo and behold, she turns out to be more spiritually inclined than I am. Wow! So it's very karmic. No, but again, saying karmic is different. But at one end, you are PNL; on the other end, you are doing games. All these things don't add up to spirituality, which is no logic, no PNL, no entertainment. Excellent. You know, it is the opposite of complete opposite of you. So this is where you know because log- PNL is all about logic, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it, very. It has to make their hand. I need a return, and it's gain. I need it's a return, accumulation, it, and this is about letting go, right? Exactly. There's no return in spirituality. So I think this is where the return is in next life. Maybe yeah, that's yeah, what you're hoping. No, no, the return has to be right here and right now. <laughs> there, there should be no next life. That is the return, right? But having said that, I think the closet spiritual seeker, which we have not seen or heard of, but the Steve Jobs. the warren buffets they've always lived this beautiful life of execution at one level introspection at the personal level so what we do in our day to day life is play a role of businessman ceo husband wife but at our internal level the role you play is what you choose and that therefore is no dualism yeah and i think the interesting thing which i look at spirituality and the reason one of the reasons what i chose or i am trying to i'm i'm nowhere close to you is uh 70% of all the top achievers in the world top i mean you name it in any field i'm not talking of businessmen i'm talking of businessmen sportsmen teachers nobel prize winners one common thing they all were spiritual or did meditation or mindfulness so out of all the traits which people try to adopt of all these people and you know the one thing which everybody listening must do or must seek is this and i think that's that is one of the reason which started my journey in looking into this so it's so, brilliant yeah so that was that was my logic of doing this right. so what is your logic of doing this no i think for me it was not a logic it was just something that uh, you know i was a spiritual hippie let me use the right word uh, since i was 14 So let me give you a little flashback there. I have visited every guru, every baba, every mandir, every soothsayer you can think of. I have not gone to the kum like you have, but I've done everything else. And, and I tell you my kum story also. Sure. Yeah. And for years and years, I went to the oddest, to the bestest, to the weirdest people, looking for something, and I never knew what. So I don't think this was a chance that came my way. and when i got introduced to the meditation i do i finally figured out that this was meant for me <laughs> so it was just finally figuring out what i was looking for versus just suddenly converting into something but why this one book which you always talk about autobiography for yogi what happened in that what is in that book so the book is a very interesting it's a novel it's a story you know i would say 90% of people who read it even if i tell them to read it with sincerity will read it with complete utter disbelief all the stories there seem very nonsensical and you have given up like some 5000 of these books lots right? of them yeah, yeah. it's uh, what steve jobs called his only book that he read you know in his autobiography it's mentioned isaacson has mentioned that this is the only book steve jobs read every year on his ipad now that's not a reason to buy the book or to keep the book but the book is a great testimony and now virat kohli is also reading yeah, it he did say right yeah. but the book is a great testimony to belief so for anything else vishal it's not about spirituality it's not about a baba it's not about a yogi it is life with belief if you can enter life and believe things hope for things and try to do things it becomes magical mm-hmm. so it's an expression of what life can be irrespective of whether you believe any of the stories mm-hmm. 
So to me, no book explains a philosophy of life better rather than this one. But you know, reading a book and getting inspired is one. Why were you distributing this to thousands of people? Because everybody has a thirst, and everybody needs something to experiment with. Anyway, the culture of reading is not very prevalent in our generation. I have read much more than I don't think my daughters will ever read in their entire lives and their children's lives. So why not a book? Why not a book that you know might do some magic? And by the way, this book has a little bit of a magic associated with it. I mean, a lot of people receive the book not to ever read it, but to give it to someone else who it was intended for. Oh, okay. So this has happened to me many times. You know, people have said, "Oh, I wasn't getting the book, but someone gave it to me, which happened to come from you." So it's a beautiful gift. It's a very nice. a uh, kind of uh, you know uh, a signature that hey have some spiritual spirituality in your life but you know having a book and following you know that that kind of spiritualism is different but then you got very strongly associated with shri shri yes so how did that linkage happen so the book is only a spiritual uh, oh, these are i i presume these are two different they're very different kriya yeah. yoga is very different it is in the in the past in the many years ago but it's a beacon it's a lighthouse and shri shri is a living master for me and for a lot of millions of people he teaches contemporary meditation techniques that can be applied to today's age <laughs> he is almost he's 60 63 65 so he's like us you know i mean like me he's old but he's not that old he's not a baba that you can't talk to and uh, his practices are very simple so when you become a spiritual seeker which this book did to me then i began to seek the best practice and he happened to be the best practitioner and then we went very deep into it. so i've been in art of living for 20 years now 20 years yeah the day the year we met is when i did my first course wow and we enjoyed it so much my wife and i that we became teachers and now we do courses every alternate month every 45 days in south bombay and and what is the i mean i still again i don't know the difference but you know now there is the jagdiva sadguru is there and there is shri shri and then there are these you know for a normal person getting into spirituality is so confusing right it's like buying a brand of cola right there's pepsi there is coke <laughs> there is this there is that how does one choose all this so one chooses by trying figuring out there's always a connection you know sadguru is very enticing is very modern contemporary is the guy with the mobile talks in a very nice way in our engineering yeah. and is very beautifully explains his stuff she she is more on the belief side and the indian hindu you know philosophical side no matter who you choose as long as you get a dose of spirituality in your lives no, like, just like vcs right you have figured out this vulture <laughs> capital vapor capital do you have some some theory about how do you choose this spirituality because a lot of people have also gone into a lot of problems because of all these gurus right i mean okay. while i'm not saying anything know, about free shoe but you know there are many such stories yeah and i think it's uh, someone that you a living master is always better than someone who existed and who you, you can't reach out to and very clearly you can make out the frauds from the real people i mean they talk a language and they preach a certain practice which you and i can understand if you're intelligent you know exactly who's who <laughs> so if they are about your money or if they are about your seva and other weirdo stuff then you drop them like a bombshell and you move on <laughs> but it's like anything else in life right i mean it's like an employee you hire each other with the best intention but hmm. if a karma doesn't meet you move on no and i think that's the interesting part about spirituality and i get these lines that hey vishal you talk about wearable technology and latest health and then you go to kumbh mela how does it add up and my point to them was that why do you think science and spirituality are 
clashing. They should not be clashing with each other. Spirituality is just that science does not have explanation to this yet. So well said. Yet science cannot explain this. That doesn't mean it is it is not true. perfect. So well explained. And uh, my point to them was that every time I go to Silicon Valley, people are like, "Hey, are you going to Burning Man?" I said, "What is Burning Man?" They said, "Burning Man is this place where people go in the middle of the desert and do nothing, and they are just you know smoking grass and you know looking at the sky." I said, "This is what is Kumela." So suddenly when you know Elon Musk and the Google CEOs are going to Burning Man that's considered high tech and latest but going to Kumela is not so my point was I I'm not going to go to Burning Man I'm going to go to the great 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 grandfather of Burning Man which is the Kumela so well said yeah and I think each of us all the Indians and any of the techies listening to this that if you really want to experience uh Ten thousand years of culture and spirituality and power, and that's the place to go. It is unbelievable. I mean, what I have seen there is can't be described. I'm so amazed, man. I don't know why I've denied myself that opportunity, but I will. I think even when I was going, you know, my my wife told me, "Don't take your wallet." I'm like I said, no, don't take your wallet; it'll get stolen. So oh, I gosh. had to take. And believe me, there was nothing like this. It was one of the best. I mean, again, thanks to Modi ji, this time it was organized really well. And our memory of Kumbh Mela is that people get lost there. Yeah. That is the that is what has got ingrained in your minds. Believe me, nothing can get lost there. You can only gain Very and nice. gain and gain. So next time we should go to Kumbh Mela together. Absolutely. But talking of Kumbh Mela, you have now gone to so many caves, man. So what is you with caves like Batman? So Alok <laughs> is going to caves too, right? The Robin Hood cave. Now there's this cave in uh, the autobiography of a yogi, which uh, has been defined as the place where a lot of changes began to happen in the lives of the people mentioned in the book. And uh, that cave exists, and that cave is uh, has been located, and the cave is now a shrine. uh and it's a it's baba ji's cave which is the central saint in the book of autobiography of a yogi <laughs> so obviously people who are followers of the book and followers of spirituality go to the cave the cave is just one part of the pilgrimage it's the starting of the journey to the cave to sitting there to coming out of it and coming back and the whole pilgrimage is you know the whole experience of saying i am doing things to in to re, to you know to go deeper in those in, in the path so it's like a trip to the mecca it's not doesn't just meet going there it's the trip from starting to end or any pilgrimages that we all do and but the cave is very beautiful it's in above rani khet it's in a dronagiri mountain range uh, there's a lot of history behind that mountain range it's where the you know pandavas were it's where uh, at one time uh, you know hanuman flying had a rock fall off from his mountain and it landed there blah blah wow. so a lot of uh, mythology mystical um and it's a cave and you know you sit there inside uh, it's well kept so it's not something or no no scorpions going to eat mm. you there like kumela and then you come back and it just becomes a routine so we've gone there for 9 years now every year and hopefully we'll keep going there as long as alex carries The Vishal Gondal show will be right back after this break. Hey, this is Shudaditya and I'm Amit Doshi and we host Shunya One. It's a really fun podcast where we talk to some of the best entrepreneurs in the country. Yes, talking about everything from their startup challenges to what they're building and all the future of technology right here. So catch us on the IVM podcast website app or wherever you listen to your podcast from. 
also you know at one end so there is the entire spiritual side of alok which everybody now knows but there is also this extremely controversial side of you right so you have strong opinions which you are putting you talk about i know you have hated and talked about flip cards a lot of times you have talked about you've had wars with people on twitter and all of that so how is how how can your spiritual side explain your uh, i don't know what side you want to call that but that other side of you which is the angry young man it's not the angry young man i think in india we don't have people who speak their mind we're very subservient to what people say and think uh, in the flipkart case i was a guy who said going only app was the most stupid thing i ever thought and of mintra did that first right yeah, yeah. and we all know what that cost home their job to begin with right i mean the whole meltdown came from that incident now the point i'm making vishal is if a leader does something like that and everybody claps and says wow wow you have no clue how many more people get influenced to do that and how many more people did that and actually went got burnt alive because you can't go back from app only to web and app without having big balance sheets hmm. again so you need contrarians and you need people who say bullshit hmm. you know you might be whoever you are but this is not making any no, economic but, sense but doesn't it make you look like and i'm sorry to use that no, word please. a little bit egoistic not egoistic it will makes you feel like you're two things either you've got an inferiority or you're jealous or you're too old school or old world so either you're dumb which is un, you don't have the knowledge and you're jealous mm-hmm. so either one two or three put together so so people who are reading your opinions should take it in in what way the way they think so so the haters say this guy is jealous the haters say you know he's too old he never made a mark so he's saying all this because he needs to be heard there are some people who now i'll give an example vishal this is very personal to me uh, i wrote an article in the et which said why arvind kejriwal makes me yawn <laughs> it was one of the most hated articles even more than the flip cards and everybody i have so many people even today who say for 5 years we hated you we blocked you but now we want to talk to you because we were let down hmm. now this is not a boast about being right i i could not have been right i was wrong in the case of flipkart they did a phenomenal job for themselves we'll talk about the capital later yeah <laughs> but the point is they they did it and we you know we thought it can't be done that way so great someone proved themselves and someone had a view which also got proven yes or no hmm. the mobile app thing didn't work out and that's very very publicly acknowledged so i don't write for what people think i write for what i think and i think that's part of the problem here right because most people don't do this so the people who do this are suddenly considered oh you are egoistic or you are this Correct. or you are angry Correct. or whatever Correct. so how do you deal with all these haters so the point is exactly this point na that if you watch it's the intent again going back to why let's just tell you one 30 seconds vishal my biggest meditation in my life is why not the where not the what not the who not the when the most confusing and hardest question is why why do i write because i have a view and i think it will be valuable to someone so when housing.com did hoardings of the same creative you took pictures and you had put it yeah, and i asked a question i said why you know in media buying there's a simple principle right ots is opportunity to see and frequency cap is how often if i put hoard you know if for example let's let's educate our viewers for all the tv serials or soap operas they always face evening traffic mm-hmm. because you go home and switch it on 
you don't face, see TV soap operas in the morning. Office, yeah. You know, you t- you do action and you go to the office and you do action and you go home. So there were hoardings of the same creative, which is one word called housing.com, both morning and evening, and they were next to each other. So my question was, why is this? And I know that guy had come on Facebook and it and all kinds of nonsense. No, no, he, he, he uh, mutilated my Wikipedia page and yeah, all, that's all, all that. fine. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, he reacted in that way. A lot of people asked themselves that, hey, you know what? VCs may not always be right. They're giving money to people, but that person is being doing is doing things that is not making sense. And a little bit of meltdown happened from that point onwards. Mm-hmm. So entrepreneurs, just because you raise money doesn't mean you're, you're great, you're smart, right? Yeah. So someone has to always ask why. And uh, sometimes that's not looked favorably upon. Mm-hmm. But I don't give a damn. No, and that, that's the best thing I like about you, right? That you have not changed. I think people always think that, you know, that suddenly now Alok will not write all these things <laughs> and Alok will not have an opinion. But like I just read your post about what's happening with Mindtree yeah. and LNT. You know, I think again, you are among the few people who have put a opinion. None of the other people have even spoken about it. And Naresh Goel, you know, when our airline, we both loved and we all love. And I'm, I posted, I'm willing to sell my jet miles that, for half the price. It. But it's so sad, right? I mean, jet, again, a company which, you know, I could not think this is what's going to happen to them. But it's really sad. So it's a warning, right, Vishal? Anything can happen to all of us if we stop, if we move our eye from the ball. Absolutely. I think and in, in Jet's case, it's gone to another level. But coming back to your case and not Jet here, how do you deal with all the hate? I'm objective. So it's a spiritual. So do you block these people? What do you, I mean, what do you? How do you no, handle no, no, it? No, not at all. So there's there is a three. It's it's a very it's an old uh, it's a spiritual adage that we have. First you educate, then you ignore. Mm-hmm. Simple one line. First you listen. It's very hard to listen to a critic, because your mind tells you don't listen. If it's like a it's like the maximum learning can come from the person who criticizes Correct. you. So listening and reading. Very, very acrimonious feedback is very hard. But you get nuggets sometimes from what they say and they're right sometimes. Then you retort and say, this is what I meant. Either the person acknowledges or sends something even worse back, which is then emotional. It is not logical. Logic Mm -hmm. has gone. Now it's a vent against me, against you. So you ignore. And if the person becomes messy and, you know, starts pinging everybody on the on the wall and then you block the guy. But as long as you don't think of it as something personal but on a view, uh, it's the what we call in spirituality being a witness and being engaged. Mm-hmm. I put out a post. I am witnessing that post as a writer. It is not me. Mm-hmm. And the post has its own life. So let it do its job. So, so how has your spiritual journey made you a better businessman? I think three things. One is creativity completely blows up when you meditate every day. Because the first thing that begins to change are your mind cells. And your left and right brain don't have those divisions anymore. So, you know, you're as creative and clinical at the same time. The second thing is, I haven't been able to develop it yet. But if you look at Satya Nadella, who's I think a born empathetic leader, somewhere down the line, you begin to understand what empathy means. But the most important thing is the Ability to accept grace and gratitude. Every minute, if you can say this is only a product of grace and I'm nobody without grace and gratitude, which sounds like a voodoo, oh my God, fatalistic thing. But yeah, that's what it is. I don't see why I am here sitting with you 
when there are so many better and harder and luckier people who never made it. So there is some reason to be thankful. And the more you search for those reasons, the more thankfulness comes in your life. And so what is your advice for people who have taken up spirituality, but then they say, because I'm doing spirituality, I'm, I cannot do business. Because a lot of time people think that this is the, this going into spirituality is like you're coming to the end. That's how it is perceived as, right? That abhi sab khatam ho gaya, abhi sab chod chod ke, I'm going to go and sit in a cave. Right. That's the most dangerous thing, Vishal. I mean, it's one of the, in India, spirituality is the greatest escapism you can ever find. So instead of getting onto drugs and alcohol, people just take this garb of white and orange and then vanish. Yeah, the Ranbaxi brothers. <laughs> so, <laughs> they have literally taken the money and vanished. So the thing is that the the greatest yogi is one who stays established. You know, there's a Sanskrit shloka called Yogastha Kuru Karmani, which is be established in yoga. Don't run away from yoga. So if you are established in the world with your principles and then execute, then you are the true yogi. Mm-hmm. Not some guy in the Himalayas who is living on fresh air and free food. Mm-hmm. So, So do you... Uh, have a spiritual PNL? Yeah, very much. How does that look like? So, it is only about giving. And the more you give without expectation, so here the balance sheet doesn't have any liability, it's only got assets. It is a very odd looking balance sheet. Uh, the PNL is very simple. And, and what is an example of giving? How do you give? Like when you share knowledge, when you share all. It's not about donating money, that's not. It could be, but it's a. In it's your form of giving. Uh, I think knowledge is a higher form of giving because it helps people long term. Uh, I'll just give you another example. If you look at joy, you know we keep it. We keep calling it the quality of joy. So if I may be a little uh, detailed, if you watch a movie or eat a great meal, that joy lasts for a few minutes, hours. You get drunk, it's for a few hours or so. Mm. But in a deep meditation sadhana, it lasts for maybe a day. You run. Or you do exercise or you work out. I mean, imagine your Mount Everest thing. That experience has lasted with you, right? Yeah. So the thing is... I I can literally close my eyes and imagining myself back on Mount Everest. So that is quality of meditation. Yeah. Because it's an experience whose happiness is lasting. So coming back here, the idea is if you give things like knowledge, people will be happier than what you gave them like a free drink or a beer. No, and clearly, right, I mean, I see the quality of your posts, right? See, people post things, a lot of people write quotes and other things. But every post, when you talk about, like recently you talked about employee and this whole thing of how to give feedback. It was not a post, it was a lesson. That one thing is a management lesson, (laughs) which people spend years in the stupid MBA school. You just covered that in one lesson. So how much time do you spend making these kind of things? How, or how is it like intuitive you wake up and you're like, okay, I've just done this post. No, so I post at one thirty to between one thirty and 2.30 in the afternoon after lunch. And it comes right then and there. So it takes about... So it's not that you have a research team who's yeah, thinking some, about this. No, no, and then no, silly, yeah. they're sending you... I, no. I'm just... A lot of people think that, right? A lot of people think that Alok has this team oh of people sitting in this... Zero. Dark rooms... Thinking of these ideas and sending it to you. I just read a lot, Vishal. I mean, that's something I think we don't share in common. Or I don't know whether you've changed. I'm or not. not into reading as yeah. much. So I made a commitment to review a book every week on Sunday afternoon. Wow. And now I'm forced by that commitment to read every week a book. And I read about seven or eight magazines and newspapers every day. Eight magazines or newspapers every day. Yeah. 
Wow. So FT, Wall Street Journal, NYT. I know economist. the economists. You post a lot. Yeah, from that's there. phenomenal. And then the AT. I, they, you won't believe. I've never ever oh, read must. the Economist. I can't read. That's just too heavy. <laughs> I, I will not follow it only. It's so beautiful. And then the HBR. And then all this knowledge comes because you read, and then you can just put join the dots together. Yeah. So the, so my hack to do that, by the way. Is I go to TED every year, perfect, and I meet all the people who write these books and write <laughs> these articles, and I hang out with them. It's perfect, and that's how I probably get the knowledge from them. It's so, great. so that's possibly how I get it. But so f- the funny thing is that you know most of the books you have r- you have written about, I may have met those authors. I'm sure you have. It. I'm so sure that's you have. that's how I d- I'm hacking this. And as long as you get your dose, as often as you do, it's good. Right? So one thing which I learned, and I'm trying to incorporate this, and people hearing this should uh, should kind of figure out, is there is this thing called latency. So if you can get latency from thought to action, you have made it. Okay. And the latency ka concept is simple. They say that you know whenever you get angry, you blow your top off, or whatever you do, it happens in a split second which you can't control, and if you can create that one or even a 0.1 second latency from thought to action on your own you can achieve the impossible amazing and i think in your case you have that latency somehow because every time you write something you are come up with all these amazing ideas because the latency also helps you choose the right idea because you can't just wake up and write an article one day yeah i mean it's it's training but i think what i've trained to do is i've trained to write every day and like you trained to exercise and run and be fit writing thinking you know being creative there's a very f- big fallacy vishal that oh i'm a creative guy so i need you know that environment and cigarettes and hmm. rubbish you can be creative in a jail if you need to so i think what you do on a daily basis with the discipline of what you should do makes you an expert at it so alok you are just 50 odd years you are very very young you have your whole life ahead so are you going to start your own spiritual movement with alok as the leader oh god is that where where things are going no vishal well, i'm going to join there if if that's mm-hmm. the case you have the first disciple and we should do a company together that's a better plan <laughs> yeah that's a that's better, a better plan. plan you know i am very excited at games to win now i think you know the years i worked you know gaming uh, in our way and i'm back in gaming by the way i'm investing yeah. here that's great so uh, i am very very excited i think this company will go public or will be a very beautiful outcome if nothing else will become fabulously rich all of us um i love what i do and there's a very beautiful equation now in my life right spirituality teaching and and gaming or and writing books stuff, and writing books i have two on the way in the next 3 to 4 years you should now do a netflix series man i'm telling you as it happens right now let's just be Close well, to ground. we have told it to the universe. So you <laughs> never know. That's right. That's you know, you have to say that. things to the universe yes, yes. for it to happen. And uh, so even Amazon Prime is okay, but Netflix is better. <laughs> but I think uh, just living a life by example, na Vishal, we both and so many else who are influencers are watched and read and listened to so much. Like this show, everything you do has an impact on someone. So I think the more attentive we become about that the more we help others <laughs> so everything you say everything you do every action or inaction is now impacting hundreds and millions of people <laughs> i think that itself is a pursuit of a long of of a lifetime just so, conducting yourself so so games to win is going to public 3 4 5 10 years after that what 
बहुत लंबी उम्र है यार आई मीन माई आई थिंक वील बोथ इनशाला वील स्टार्ट अ कंपनी टूगेदर आफ्टर अ फ्यू ईयर्स आई थिंक आई डोंट नो आई सो सो इफ रॉड इन हुड वॉज अ रिलीजन और इफ इफ इट वॉज अ मूवमेंट रिलीजन इज अ डिफरेंट थिंग इफ रॉड इन हुड वॉज लाइक आर्ट ऑफ लिविंग वॉट विल बी द टॉप फाइव प्रिंसिपल्स ऑफ दैट The first principle would be an entrepreneur for a day. You have to go, get out on the road and do something entrepreneurial. Bicho, some sell something, something to someone. You know, earn something on your own. The second would be helpful. So help someone all day long. That one day of help will be enough karma for your life. The third would be thinkful. If there's a word like that, we don't think at all anymore, Vishal. What you talked about, such a deep. You know, what you did was went hundred miles below the surface and came back by latency. latency in thought <laughs> that's it but boss what you're saying is think and put some mind behind it and right? unfortunately in the technical world latency is, is bad is bad. we exactly. want to exactly. remove latency exactly you know that's what stadia is doing right with google yeah. i mean yeah. they're taking latency away so the third is thinkfulness or thinking i think the fourth is gratefulness right no one none this is why spiritual retreats are very important I just did a three and a half day silence program where you don't even look at someone. You look at the floor and you walk, and then you realize how grateful you are that you have feet to walk. Mm. So being grateful, and I think fifth is just following passion. Yeah, a lot of our parents, we are passionate. We are very fortunate that we let our kids do what we want. But there's so many people whose parents have pushed them into some dark corner of their lives. and they don't know what to do with their yeah. children even today if you tell some if a kid comes and tells his father at 21 that i'm going to become a rapper i think he'll give a thappad he'll give him yeah. so how does one find passion in life you don't find it it's there but you ignore it a lot of people think that this is i like this but it cannot become a passion like you became a tech genius at 16 i still remember uh, you won't remember but we had gone to an intel open session at the oberoi the at the top of the oberoi mm-hmm. and this guy called out a question and then you answered it and then this guy looked at you and didn't know who the hell you were this was pre contest to it oh wow yeah <laughs> and i think you must have been 18 or 19 at yeah. that time mm-hmm. now you did it because you were passionate no one was giving you money and you didn't care who was in the room yeah so you followed it to the t so mm-hmm. many people don't follow that I have a friend who's saying, "Alok, my son is a great chess player, but I can't let his studies get ruined. So I don't know whether to do." Now he's making decisions for that boy. I hope he makes the right decision. Uh, parents or children or us, I, I don't believe there's anyone who's not passionate about something. Hmm. The only problem is we keep on suppressing it. So you discovered spirituality much later in life. but do you think kids can take up spirituality how can you know you have daughters and you know i have sons but if i ask them to meditate that's not going to happen how do you think kids can take do this i think the format is absolutely different for you know look at the innocence of our children if you ask them about green they are very passionate about going green they are very passionate about non wasting yeah i think they are much more polite than we are ever were absolutely so they are meditative the question is what makes them happy so they might say you know what helping people is a great thing hmm. i challenge you vishal you tell your kids meditate for half a day and i'll give you all the gadgets in the world or help someone in this camp for a day and i'll also take away something from you they'll opt for the second one hmm. so it's only about finding their interest because they are born meditative so 
between all these years, have you figured out any life hacks which have improved your productivity or got something? We spoke about a lot of them, but let me summarize. So one is definitely reading. For me, reading is the greatest life hack ever because you have no clue the power of knowledge and how. So you read how how much a day and how much in a day. Like eight I, newspapers and four magazines. It's and fast. So about two hours a day. You read two hours a day. Okay. Yeah, and I read a lot of spiritual stuff also. And then you meditate for how long? About two hours a day. Wow, four hours a day is between reading and meditating. meditating yeah. So reading and then absorbing all that material in yeah. your soul. Correct. <laughs> so reading is a great hack. I think meditation. You just said it is a great hack, and we all agree that yeah. something is you know important. Uh, again, retrading. You know, sharing. making sharing and giving a part of the daily routine it's not some sunday afternoon nap that you take hmm. it should be a daily task and and how do you do gratitude you talked about gratitude also right so how does beautiful one... just every best is to do a timetable so it's when i sleep on my pillow in the night i take 6 7 minutes to gratitude i think of all that has happened in the day and i'm grateful for it good bad and ugly you know mother in uh, aurobindo ashram so aurobindo had a spiritual partner called mother when you go to uh, pondicherry you will see her all over the place hmm. and mother was asked once by a student that mother you know nothing is happening in my life it's so dull kuch nahi hota hai and she said don't you understand child that's the biggest blessing that you have not fallen down you have not become sick nothing happening is a great blessing so just be blessed feel grateful for the day as bad as it was or as good as it was because it's an experience so you feel grateful and that's a great hack so apart from alcohol what are the other things you have given up in life i i presume you have given up alcohol yeah yeah alcohol alcohol has given me up okay i've written a very nice blog i'll share with you personally on mm-hmm. how you can make smoking and alcohol give you up yeah. rather than you give them because up because the problem right now is people are getting addicted to smoking alcohol and even now drugs and you know all yeah. these things people are addicted to facebook pubg people are getting addicted to everything right now so addiction so, is is a inherent human trait the question is i hopefully for better things and worse I think that I uh, think at the physical level, these are the two alcohols. I never had a non-veg. I never yeah. had. Yeah, so you but, never had to give up non-veg. Yeah, I was lucky. I'm trying very hard to give up on my temper and my, you know, anxiousness to make people do and think like I can, but I'm not successful. And are there things which you will never give up? Yeah, I'll never give up the pursuit of money for sure. It's so embedded in my life. Well, P and L, the P and L man is here. Uh, I'll never give that up. I'll never give up working. So, is there like a um, limit on the money? Have you ever thought about that, or it's like it's never about the money, na? It's about the pursuit of money. It's about the pursuit of value. Money, to ठीक है यार. So there is no upper limit. Too. Haan, I mean, it's okay. So it's not like hundred million or hundred one billion like, or ten billion. Aisa, but Vishal, we never started with money in our yeah, mind. We exactly. never end with money in our mind. Exactly. We never did what we did with money. Exactly. Others, we have been, we have yeah. burned. How bankers burn out. You and I are not burnt out. We're not lying in some rehab. Yeah. That's the. So money is like a goalpost which keeps. उसको आगे करते रहते हैं. Correct. It's a leaderboard, यार. कभी-कभी होता है, कभी नहीं होता. It's okay. So, but I think. you know creating value or creating business is a must do so apart from autobiography or for yogi which are the other three books you would recommend somebody so i read this book called uh, principles by ray dalio uh, i by the way i have met ray dalio oh many times oh my god what are you saying <laughs> he's a great man? that's that's what the, are you saying so the funny that's what i said right so you're killing me man so i have met him now i meet him every year so now also i'm going to meet him in uh, ted next month in vancouver 
amazing guy to hang out with. So please tell him like you have a guy in India. I mean, he has many, but I'm a big, <laughs> so, big so fan. So this is a great example. So yeah. I wrote him. I knew him before he wrote the book or before the book came out. So I've been hanging out with him. Yeah, lovely. So amazing uh, principles. Yeah. That's an amazing. That's, that's a, one book I have glanced. Please read slowly. Dire dire. Yeah. Uh, there's a spiritual book called Voice of Babaji, which is again from the lineage of autobiography Yogi. It was dictated live by Babaji in Chennai in two houses. So my wife and I go to those houses and we meditate there. Wow! It is an ad verbatim book which you only read to realize it cannot be human because the verses there are not human. Wow! So you know Sanskrit and stuff like that. Yeah, now I'm a. By the way, I'm now almost a Guru Puja Pandit, so I can recite a whole ten minute puja in pure Sanskrit. Oh man! Yeah, ten know, minute puja in yeah, Sanskrit. So, That's like some deadly level unlocked. Huh? It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, Ishal. Because from Bombay, when we grow up. We grew up learning Marathi in school, little bit. Can you give a thirty seconds of this uh, Sanskrit yeah. thing? I mean, in no. not ten minutes, yeah. Yadvari nikhila nilimpa parishad siddhim vidhati nisham. So this is like you know, Guruji said this publicly. It's a, it's a Sanskrit line which says, when you reach the house of your guru, all the gods are waiting at his doorstep to give you siddhis. Wow, that's amazing. So, uh, I mean, so Ray Dalio principles, uh, of course, uh, Baba Ji's book, book, and any other third book. And I think autobiography. And I keep coming no, back to that. that that's that, already done. That's already done. So, my done. new book that is fascinating me is OKRs, because I think again, you know, our John Do- John Doe. Do- Do- again, oh, I've met him. Like he's again a tedster. He gave his TED talk also. Yeah. On the same so thing. I'm now getting obsessed by OKRs because I've never seen such rarefied or clarified. such a simple thing, right? Nobody thinks about it, right? So it's such simple, a simple so concept. Powerful, like it's bullets in one yeah. book, right? Have you, by the way, seen Ray Dalio's episodes? He's kind of made graphical comic oh. on YouTube. So really? his entire book, and that's what I have seen. He's made into like these ten minute. Comical episodes okay. because he wanted it to like go it's everywhere. I've not seen it, so he's done that really well. I'll check it out. Uh, what is the one thing you want yourself to be remembered of? You know, I find that very. Uh, I I don't understand the remember. It's life is not to be remembered. Like Baba Ji is remembered even now. But you we know. don't know whether that's some memory of today or tomorrow. So if you look at two three hundred years ago, who cares who was? It's just one of those figments of imagination. I have no such desire. Just to be lived, to live a good life is all I need to. It's always thinking about the future, na, or the past. Chhod de yar, abhi jite na. So you know, there was one yogi who became the chief minister of Uttar Pradesh. Okay. So if you were again not chief, but you are prime minister of India, what will you do? What will be the five things you will change in India? The first thing I'll say is that if you're an entrepreneur, whatever you make for the rest of your life will be tax-free. Okay. So that's. completely tax free environment the second thing i'll tell is all the mothers and all the ladies of the household to take their gold and sell it and to put 50% of that money into mutual funds mm-hmm. is the worst ever country investment in, yeah it's just it's just lying locked right i think the third thing we would do is i would do is like you know give most corporates a 25% rebate on corporate income tax if they took 25% of profits and just created you know we we designate an lp to look after those funds and just contribute to venture capital so venture capital is too much the privilege of the of the few why would a harvard and wharton and, L, and those lps have venture capital basically democratize the supply of venture capital and it's already sitting in our country absolutely but the incentive is not there so incentivize creating venture capital so if you are given 
hundred crores in marketing to promote spirituality. What will be the message be, and how will you spend that? I think very simply, right? Uh, just to give away five or six minutes exercise or a simple task or what to do, you know, sit and observe your breath. No, what I meant is that will you put up hoardings everywhere? Oh, it's a marketing you, plan. What will be your marketing plan? The marketing plan will not be on media, boss. It'll be on product development. It'll be on apps, and it'll be creating things that become viral, uh, rather than you know blowing it up. On marketing is a waste of money. Yeah, I never understood marketing. You know that. Yeah. So the question stalls me because I can't think of spending a dollar on marketing, and for something so beautifully viral like spirituality, it would be an utter. Way. It would violate the principle of spirituality by being marketed. But if you look at now what Patanjali has done, right? That's that's complete marketing. I mean, they are like the biggest advertiser in India now. Yeah, but that's not spirituality. That's selling toothpaste and chaddi and banyan and tooth. You know, whatever. Who cares about that? If you look at spirituality, the you know, for example, Bikram Yoga, which became I mm-hmm. came from. Look at Iyengar Yoga, never marketed. If you look at the yogi postures, never marketed. If you look at Neem Karoli Baba, where uh, Steve Jobs yeah. read and where Zuckerberg read, they've never put out an ad. So I think the most purest things in life never are marketed. They just get discovered. Do you see movies? Any favorite? Lots movies? of them, but all all Netflix, man. I'm like I devour Netflix. So you're no, you're not the. I have not been to a theater for the last seven, five, six years now. I think the day Netflix came is when I stopped going to <laughs> the other theaters. Too much of a waste of time. Absolutely. So I think Alok, it's been a fascinating discussion. I know we can go for hours already. It's I just realized that we've already gone to almost one hour forty seven. I can't believe it. I can't, Vishal, I can't believe it. Just it really. went on and on. Wow. But you know what? I'm going to get you back on the show. I mean, you are one person who needs to be there. Also, by the way, we are going to get some. Autographed copies of your book, oh, which we are going to give up to people, which we are going to give to people as prizes. We are going to have like a contest, so people can ask questions. They can tweet us. They awesome. can put on Facebook, and the best question will be chosen by Alok himself, which he likes, and he'll be answering it. But like I said, Alok, it has been. Fascinating con. I mean, I didn't realize that the uh, the conversation has gone up so long, but uh, I have enjoyed every second of this. And I think before I end this, I have one last question: that what if Shri Shri chose you to lead uh, AOL oh. after him? What will you do? What will be your principles of running Art of Living? You know, if I can just do what he did, I'm enough. No, you have to go about that. The guru will instruct her, like all good sh- uh, disciples. He will tell me what to do. I am no one to think on my own. Yeah, but all I can tell you is that you should be renamed as the PNL Baba. <laughs> I love that. I think that's what Alok is. I think the summary of this conversation is we have a PNL Baba. I love here. that, Vishal. That's the best gift you've given me today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot again, Alok. Thank Pleasure. you, boss. Thank you. Thank you. Hey everybody, we have a brand new podcast series by Bloomberg Quint called BQ Conversations, which covers a range of topics like business strategies, latest trends in technology such as cybersecurity and artificial intelligence, and also personal finance. Episodes are out on the IVM Podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. 
let's not call it news tv radio etc etc it's all content and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet we're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now but rather the wider stuff about advertising media content and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it tune in every tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising i'm varun dugirala co-founder and content chief at the glitch and this is my new podcast advertising is dead <laughs>